You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host of the show. We have a, a very interesting show, a great show. We're going to have, first of all, Michael Shackelford, Shackelford, who is the brains behind The Wizard of Odds, uh, a site I have used many times to uh, scope out different games that you find in casinos, what the odds are, what proper strategy is, what the house advantage is, and all of that. And then... We have a true poker celebrity. We have a main event finisher, Sam Holden, the sole United Kingdom representative, and also a guy that's uh, been participating in Tony Holden's poker extravaganza, duplicate poker extravaganza at the London Eye. His name is Sam Holden, no relation to Tony Holden, but we're going to be talking to him as well about the World Series of Poker and about duplicate poker, followed by my favorite segment, which is the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after the break. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Great moments in history. In 1 million B.C., early man discovers fire, only to have it stolen by a rival clan member. What are we going to do? It's no use. Rod did a masterful job of f***ing us. In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Listening to the House of Cards. Is winning the most important thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you mean, even with like considering health and like world peace? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to 
House of Cards, and we are joined on the phone by Michael Shackelford, who is the brain, Shackelford, I keep mispronouncing that, Shackelford, who is the brains behind Wizard of Odds. Michael, are you there? Yes, thank you for having me. Do I have the right pronunciation? It's Shackelford, right? Shackelford, yes. No relation to the famous explorer, is there? No, he's Shackleton. Ah. Um, Shackleford is an old English name. Okay, fair enough. Tell our listeners about your site. Well, my uh, site, wizardofodds.com, is all about gambling. It tells you the um, odds and strategies for the whole gamut of casino games, including hundreds of obscure games that you're not going to find written about anywhere else. I should tell our listeners that I'm looking at the site now, and I discovered it because somebody had asked me about a Texas Hold'em table game. You've got to distinguish between the house games that the house provides that they have a house advantage as opposed to the live poker games that our listeners all play. And I was curious to know what the house advantage was in this Texas Hold'em bonus, I think it was called. And I went on the Internet just to see if somebody had written about it, and I discovered this treasure trove of information on every conceivable game, including, and I'm just pulling it up on the site, tequila poker, Texas Hold'em bonus, Texas shootout, Three-card draw poker, three-card second chance, three-way action, tic-tac-toe, Spanish 21, and you know, another hundred other places. How did you figure all this stuff out, and what's your background that makes you such an expert? Well, my background is in uh, math and computer science, which are ideally suited to analyzing casino games. And whenever I discover a new game, usually I will write a computer program in C++ that loops through all the ways the cards could fall, it makes the best decision at every point, and it crunches all the numbers together to get um, whatever the house advantage is of the game. Well, do you spend a good portion of your time in casinos? How do you stumble across all these dozens and dozens and dozens of casino games? I uh, live here in Las Vegas, and um, once or twice a week I go out um, to the casinos, and, and oftentimes I find some new game on field trial. Um, or somebody will write to me about a new game that's uh, found in Colorado or Louisiana and explains the rules to me, and um, um, I'll, I'll take it from there. And, you know, I, I find analyzing games to be a lot of fun. It's a good challenge, and um, it's what I like doing. Have there been any surprises? And by that I mean, have you ever analyzed a game with maybe some promotion that they're doing initially when they launch it that actually shows a player advantage? Once in a while, a casino here in Vegas will have a promotion like, say, triple points in video poker that results in a short-lived player advantage before all the um, advantage players kill it. Now, it's my dream that one day I will find a, a new table game that just got launched and be the first to analyze it and find that there's a player advantage, and then I'm going to go there and kill it. But it's, it's been, I've lived here for seven years now, and, and that has not happened yet. Okay, well, if it ever does, I hope you will announce it after you've made your killing. Announce it on House of Cards Radio first. Uh, let me just ask you, for listeners that may not be up on uh, all of the different casino games, tell us, if you, if you know off the top of your head, roughly what the advantage, the house advantage is, 
in the standard games that they're going to find in a casino like Baccarat and craps and the like and let it ride and roulette, what are the, for the best bets that you can make? Obviously, there are bets you can make that are horrible, but for the best bets you can make in those games, roughly what's the house advantage, if you know? In general, the older games have better odds. Blackjack, Baccarat, and craps uh, all have house advantages of under 1.1% if played properly, whereas the whole crop of new games usually have a house advantage of 3 to 5%. I see. And that's that's roughly what roulette play would be. Roulette is an old game, but unless yeah. you can find... Are there any places in Las Vegas that have a European wheel with just a single zero? Lots of places have the European wheel with just a single zero, but what gets even better is some places have the single zero wheel where if you bet on any even money bet and the ball lands in zero, you only lose half. However, those few wheels all exist in the high limit rooms with typically a $100 minimum. I see. But there are European wheels that do not have that high a minimum? Yes. Lots of, um, yeah, lots of casinos just have the straight-up um, single-zero wheel, like the, uh, like the Stratosphere, for example. Um, um, you know, how it, with a house advantage of 2.7%. But wh- why would anybody play even the European roulette at 1.35%? when one could play blackjack and have a house advantage of only 0.26%. Well, I can answer that question because sure. one can play uh, roulette with a 1.4 or 5% advantage mindlessly, but even though you say you could play blackjack with a less than 1% house advantage, to play blackjack that well means that you have to memorize and play perfectly basic strategy, no? That is true. Personally, I find it a challenge to play a game of strategy properly, but if the player wants to play mindlessly, he can bet the uh, line bets and craps and, and take the odds and have a house advantage of, of about the same, of about 0.3%. That's true. That's a good point. But maybe they don't want to be at a craps table because they're intimidated by the noise and the jostling and the like, and they want to just have a quiet, uh, simple game. I'm going to ask you to hold on, and to our listeners, we'll be back in just about half a minute, maybe a minute. Listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Great moments in history. In July 1937, Amelia Earhart was informed by her navigator, Fred Noonan, that they were off course over the Pacific Ocean. You're wrong. Who is here telling me that I'm not in heaven? Can I hold no. Can I hold the f- No. That is so not cool. In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show, poker questions, you just want us to know about great places to play, or you just got bluffed out of a pot, your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. 
Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. What's the big deal at Seneca Gaming and Entertainment? Live action poker. Endless chances to win. Guaranteed prize pools. Tournaments. Daily events. A bad beat jackpot. Omaha stud and everyone's favorite Texas Hold'em. And thousands of dollars in guaranteed tournament action. Now that's a big deal. Exciting Vegas style poker. Just off exit 20 on I-86 in Salamanca, New York. Across from McDonald's. Online at SenecaPoker.com. Seneca Gaming and Entertainment. Your new destination for a better game. This is the House of Cards. This is your poker education. Let's play some cards. Welcome back, listeners. We're still here with Michael Shackelford. I always recommend to people, if you don't want to study anything and don't want to know anything, you can play Baccarat and give up only, what, 1.15% or something like that? Right, the house edge on the on the banker is 1.06, and on the player is 1.23 percent, which are both less than the the liberal um, European roulette rules. Right. So, I would encourage anyone who is playing roulette to switch over to baccarat. And then you would encourage people who are playing baccarat to switch over to craps and play the behind the line and the come bets and the don't come bets if they want to even have a smaller house advantage. Yes, I'm always challenging people to move up to games with a lower house advantage. That's good. Now, I noticed that one of the other things on your site is that you have some reviews of casinos. Yeah, that's in preparation of a new site that I'm creating about Las Vegas that's going to focus on on just Vegas. It's going to have reviews and and forums about every casino in Vegas. And these reviews are just to whet the public's appetite. And hopefully in about a month I'm going to I'm going to copy all those reviews and many others over to the new site. So it'll be a single place where you can read everything you need to know about Vegas. What will the site be called? Do you know yet? It's going to be a Wizard of Vegas Dot com, but don't go there yet. I'm just um, playing around with that address for now. Okay, well, we're happy if you would like, when you actually launch it, send us a note. We'll put up a link on our site. We are going to put up a link to wizardofodds.com for all of our uh, viewers or all of our listeners and all the people that visit our site. And um, if you get a new site, we'll put that up as well. We can exchange links, as it were. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. Sure. You also have a video poker uh strategy i believe on your site tell us about how because you know i've heard that some people can actually eke out some small advantage at video poker tell us what the story is there from your perspective sure video poker is definitely one of the main areas of advantage play and it used to be a lot easier than it is today um still there are probably at least a hundred people that live in vegas that are professional video poker players it's very difficult to beat the game straight up anymore. What you have to look for is um, hitting the casinos on multiple point days, going for the mailers, tournaments, the niceties. Uh, basically, the, the advantage video poker players 
straight up will be playing a slightly losing game, but they'll come over 100% with the niceties that the casinos give them. So if you figure in the comps and the promotions, you can have 100-point-something percent payback. Absolutely. Well, now, I see on your site that you do say that full pay deuces wild, simple strategy is 100.71%, and full pay deuces wild, optimal strategy is 100.77%. Are you saying that those machines don't exist anymore or that those percentages already have incorporated in comps and other things that people can take advantage of? No, those are the percentages you'll get straight up with optimal play or this or the um, advanced strategy on my site, but... Those games only exist in a few casinos and only at the uh, 25 cent denomination. So at a dollar 25 total bet, it's only going to be worth a few do- few dollars per hour of your time to play the game, which is not enough to make a living at it. I see. Where can you tell our listeners if you know where those machines are available if they were to go to Las Vegas? Um, off the top of my head, I believe all the station casinos have it. And a good source for video poker in general is a site called um, uh, vpfree.com. vpfree.com. Yeah, there's a link in the footer of my site to it. Uh, it's uh, vpfree2.com, excuse me. vpfree2.com. Yes. Well, let me ask you something about that. And Since you've been around, you live in Las Vegas, you've visited a lot of these places. Do any casinos frown on advantage players um, playing their, you know, hundred plus percentage machines? Or in fact, do they encourage it, even though they might be incurring a slight loss, and even more than a slight loss if people are using coupons? Do they ever ban players for taking advantage of their loss leaders? Uh, video poker players have indeed been banned. Uh, the reason why I think that they do have some 100% plus games is it gives them um, some bragging rights. It gives them some publicity. For example, I just mentioned the station casinos. They got a plug out of that. Um, um, how, and it's also possible that a lot of players play them, but they're not playing them properly. Um, so they're actually achieving under 100%. And usually with the incentive programs, lots of times they don't apply or you only earn points at half the rate on these 100% machines. I see. So how have people been banned? I mean, what do they say? They can't say what they say in blackjack, which is, sir, your play is too strong for us. What do they say? They absolutely put it that way. It doesn't happen as often with video poker as blackjack, but I have friends that um, have been told specifically, uh, your video poker play is too strong and you're not allowed to play it anymore. Wow, I, 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 that's amazing to me. I mean, there are certain strategy tips. Where would somebody learn perfect strategy for a 100-plus percentage machine? Right on my site. Right There's on your site. There's also lots of software, too, that um, generate strategies for video poker. Great. And how does somebody know whether a machine is actually a, 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 a advantage machine? By the pay tables. They all, they all have pay tables listed on them? Oh, yeah, Video Poker will always indicate the pay table. For example, in Double Bonus, if the full house pays 10 and the flush pays 7, with correct strategy, it's going to pay slightly over 100%, 100.17%, if I'm not mistaken. 
Okay, that's very interesting. I also notice you have uh, book reviews on your site. You have a a favorite book or two that you recommend to people who are trying to, uh, for example, learn basic strategy in blackjack or learn how to count in blackjack. Uh, a lot of lots of blackjack books, practically all of them, have the basic strategy, and you can get that on my site as well. Um, for card counting, um, there's lots of outstanding books out there, um, anywhere from the beginning level to to to, um, to the advanced level. Just off the top of my head, one that I that I rather like is is um, um, called Hollywood Blackjack by Dave Stan. Um, it goes over the basics of card counting, and it's a very entertaining and, and fun read and, and not very math-heavy. Okay, well, that's great. What, what do you have on your site for poker players? I have to admit that poker is one of the weaker games um, when it comes to gambling with me. Um, as I said earlier, I like to use a computer to crunch all the combinations. But with poker and sports, you're not playing against um, a, a quantifiable odds. You're, you're playing against other people or betting on other people, so it's hard to quantify. Um, but with um, but with poker, I have run computer simulations to show the power of each starting hand. So I have charts showing the um, how powerful each starting hand is in Texas Hold'em according to the number of other players. And I know other books have done that too, but I wanted to do it myself. And um, just some other miscellaneous comments and advice on the game. Another thing is I go into a lot of depth about bad beat jackpots because I get asked about them all the time. Right. Well, I noticed that you have two books that you have written reviews on, short, short reviews uh, about poker, one called Dirty Poker and one Get the Edge at Low Limit Texas Hold'em. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about each of those books quickly if you, if you can, just because I noticed they're the only two you have up there. Yeah, Dirty Poker, um, after reading that, I was um, afraid to ever play poker with strangers again because it talks about all the ways people can cheat at poker. And you come away with the impression that collusion is absolutely rampant, and it's probably not, but you just you get paranoid about it after reading the book. And the uh, Bill Burton's book, I read that so long ago, I don't remember it that well, but... Um, but as far as I could tell, it was a good introductory book about poker. And, and I've started lots of other books on poker, but frankly, I never was able to finish them because um, the terminology was above my head or it was... Um, You're not you know, a poker I, I guy. I just got bored with them. I understand. You're not a poker guy. And uh, right. this show is really designed for the poker players among us who are also interested in other games and for maybe poker players who have friends or spouses that are interested in other games as well, because I find that poker players tend to only play poker in casinos, but they often are friends with or married to people that also play lots of other stuff, which is why there are poker rooms to begin with, because we're kind of lost leaders so that we, you know, we're brought into the casino playing poker where they don't make nearly as much money as when our spouses or friends are going and playing the machines or playing table games. So, just one let we have about a minute left and i've really enjoyed this michael and when you launch your your site please let us know but here's my final question to you if you have out-of-town friends who uh say they're going to visit las vegas and they want a recommendation of a good overall place to stay um and they you know one wants a real low-end casino with lots of different things to do and one wants a higher-end casino 
knowing what you know about Las Vegas, what do you recommend to people? Well, um, you can see from my site that I recently stayed at the M Casino, um, which is a really nice property and very reasonably priced. The, the location is not great um, on the way on the south end of town, but it was just as nice as, as the high-end strip casinos. Um, but if you want a good location, um, personally, I like the win. Um, I, I, I've always been treated really nicely there, and they have good game rules. Well, Michael, I've appreciated your recommendations, and I, I love your site. This is Michael Shackelford, who is the brains behind the site wizardofodds.com. I recommend that folks visit it. Lots and lots of interesting things will give you the proper strategy for the table games. Lots of other interesting things on that site as well. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you very much. We're going to take a commercial break, and we will be back with the Phantom EFX mailbag. Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline. Available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. The big deal at Seneca Gaming and Entertainment. Live action poker. Endless chances to win. Guaranteed prize pool. Tournaments. Daily events. A bad beat jackpot. Omaha stud and everyone's favorite Texas Hold'em. And thousands of dollars in guaranteed tournament action. Now that's a big deal. Exciting Vegas style poker. Just off exit 20 on I-86 in Salamanca, New York. Across from McDonald's. Online at SenecaPoker.com. Seneca Gaming and Entertainment. Your new destination for a better game. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of April 23rd, 2012. Well, the NFL is lightening up on its ban on casino advertising. For the next two seasons, it will allow teams to accept advertising for casinos and other state licensing gambling establishments. However, there is a limitation. Those ads can only appear in game programs, on local radio broadcasts, and in the upper bowl and inner concourses of stadiums. Also, no employees of the NFL teams can endorse or appear in any ads promoting gambling. The Pennsylvania revenue numbers continue to impress. The state's 1,028 table games brought in just under $62 million in revenue in March. This is the highest amount table games have ever brought in since gaming started nearly two years ago. The big winner was Bethlehem Sands Casino, bringing in over $12 million from their 152 tables. To date in Pennsylvania, table games have made more than $1 billion in gross revenue. By the way, the state retains 14% of that. 
And finally, a nice story coming out of Atlantic City. To honor its late owner, Dennis Gomes, who passed away in February, Resorts Casino plans to have a $25 gaming chip in his honor. Last week, the casino received approval from the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement for the chip, which will go into use later this year. A very classy move from a great organization. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow House of Cards on Twitter at HOC Radio. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you consent to having your message played on the air. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. He's not going to just sit around and wait to flop the nuts. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, and as promised, we are fortunate enough to have one of the main event final table players, Sam Holden, not to be confused with the writer Tony Holden that we had on a couple of weeks ago. Sam is his own man, 22 years old, the sole Brit at the final table, and also somebody who has participated in the Nations Cup, which was an international duplicate poker event organized by Tony Holden. Sam, are you there? I am. Hi, guys. Hi. Well, welcome to the show. Why don't you give our listeners who may or may not be completely familiar with your background just an, a brief introduction to Sam Holden, how you came to poker, and uh, who you are. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm from the U.K., um, I started playing poker mainly at, um, at university and sort of built my way up through the stakes there. And then when I finished my degree, I um, decided to turn professional, you know, just to give it a go. Really, I wasn't really at a, uh, a high level at that point. You know, I felt like I had, I had a big enough bankroll and, you know, enough ability to, to give it a shot, really. So that was in June 2010, and I was playing professionally. Um, for a year up until, you know, when I went to the World Series um, this year. And, um, yeah, that, that year had gone really well, and I was able to, to take a shot in the main event and, and played some preliminary events at the World Series as well. And I was lucky enough to make the final table of, of the main event, um, which was, you know, very fortunate and um, very exciting. And then, you know... Um, the structure of the tournament is is so that you know you go back in November to play the final table. Um, so that was just a few weeks ago, and I guess you know since since the World Series, I've been playing um, you know a few bigger tournaments, and uh, um, you know I guess I, I'm more of an established pro. Yeah, I'm still still very new to it all though. You sound remarkably, almost unnaturally mature for a 22 year old. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like to think I'm pretty mature, although, I don't know, I was definitely mature as a as a kid, you know, when I was like 17, 16, but I don't know if I've got any more mature since then. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I try and be pretty sensible. <laughs> did I you guess. drop out of college to go professional, or did you finish your studies and graduate? No, I finished my studies first. As I said, I wasn't really, 
um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't um, at an elite level or anything um, at that point. Um, my my bankroll was still pretty modest. I was, you know, a, a profitable player and doing okay, but I never really um, let it get in the way of my university. I just sort of did it on the side, and and then, you know, I was able to to graduate because graduate because of that. I guess I think it's very difficult for the guys that are, you know come to poker really successfully initially and start start earning six figures a year straight away, and then they're the the guys that tend to drop out. I think. I wasn't doing that well, so you know it was easy for me to focus on my studies, and I knew that once I finished uni, I could I could take poker more seriously. Was there a defining moment for you, Sam, when you thought, "Geez, I really have the chops to be a pro"? Was there something that happened, or was it just a very gradual thing? Yeah, it was definitely a gradual thing. I think for me, it was always you know a desire. It always seemed attractive to me. Um, to play professionally, I liked the the freedom that it that it gave you. You know, the working for yourself and and you know being able to set your own schedule definitely appealed to me. So, I guess it was a bit of a goal. It was always something that I was you know decent at, and I found really interesting. So, it, I guess it was just a natural progression from enjoying it and and it being a desire of mine um, to be able to play professionally. That that I just worked at it from there. Did you primarily play online, or did you play live for the most part before you uh, did the World Series of Poker? Uh, I was pretty much only playing online. You know, that was how I made my living. Um, I, I had traveled to a few tournaments uh, in 2010, um, smaller events around the UK and Ireland, um, and then at uh, the beginning of 2011 as well. And then the World Series was my first, you know, it was my first $10,000 buy-in, so it was my first big, big tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been playing a lot more live since then, so, so now, now I do, do both for sure, but, but before this I was mainly playing online. Were you one of the folks that were picked up by any of the online sites to sponsor you? What's been your history with that? Yeah, yeah, I was very lucky to... Um, you know, sign a deal with 888 Poker. Uh, so I'm working working with them now, um, which is really exciting. Obviously, having, as I said, you know, I've always wanted to play professionally, um, to play poker professionally. So now to effectively being paid to play is, is even better. Um, so, yeah. How does that work? Not ever having been sponsored by an online site or anybody else except maybe my wife, how does it work to be sponsored by 888? Do they give you a, you on salary? Do they just enter you in every tournament you want to enter? Tell us how it works. Well, it depends on the nature of the deal, obviously. There are different types of deal. Mine combines a few buy-ins with a monthly retainer. Um, so uh, it's a bit of both. But, yeah, it, it really is it's different for each case. Well, that's not a bad gig. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially for a 22-year-old, I just think that's wonderful. No wonder you've wanted to continue to uh, play as a professional poker player. Well, but just out of curiosity, if you hadn't become a professional poker player, what mm. would you have become? Or well, what might you in... become? I mean, I guess the future still holds a possibility. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my degree um, was in forensic science, which uh, I really enjoyed studying and found very interesting. And, and my my academic skills were always in in sort of maths and science. Um, although, 
the career itself didn't appeal to me too much. It's incredibly competitive at the moment. There are a lot of graduates in in that that field, and the jobs themselves tend to be quite specific. So they tend to be quite repetitive. Obviously, there's a, a, a large variation. Whereas my degree really, um, you know, showed us all different parts of forensics. Uh, once you go into it in employment, it's, it tends to be a specific area. So that didn't appeal to me so much because. I didn't find it as interesting when I was just focusing on one thing every every day. Um, these days, you know, I have interests in 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 finance and um, and property and things like that. You know, I don't have any real knowledge in that area, but they're, they're the kind of things that interest me at the moment. So maybe if in the future I might go into something in, in those areas. Um, but but yeah, I guess had. I never found poker. I would have gone into a science or math type job. I think. I see. Well, let's let's go back to the World Series. I do want to save some time to talk about the Nations Cup, but let's go back to the World Series. You finished among the top nine. You made the final table. Uh, was there a moment in the tournament where you said to yourself, "Geez, I could make the final table"? <laughs> it's funny, actually. Like I find every poker tournament I play it in a way I'm always thinking wow that would be nice you know to win it and uh it's always and then you sort of tell yourself I oh, don't think about winning it that's stupid it's really unlikely which obviously it is and in the world series it's like oh it'd be really nice to make the number number nine and then you remind yourself that that's very unlikely and just concentrate on playing so I guess each day I had that thought process but it still felt unlikely the last few days I was one of the short stacks um you know day six seven and eight so Although I had a much better chance of getting there than I did when I started the tournament, it still was an, an unlikelihood, I guess. Um, so, you know, it was very exciting to have that chance, but I just kept reminding myself, you know, concentrate on the poker, and, and if things go well, then you'll get there. But if I start thinking about it constantly, then I'll probably play bad poker, and then I'm less likely to get there. So I just tried to concentrate on each hand. Well, that's like what I'd expect somebody to answer. So there was no, there was no time, even when you were number, you were, uh, it was down to 10 players when you said, you know, I'm going to do this. Well, yeah, no, I, I could never say I was definitely going to do it because I knew that there was a significant chance. You know, obviously it was at that point, it's more likely that I would make it than I wouldn't. But I was still one of the most likely to come 10th or whatever. And, and if that happened, then so be it. I mean... I see. You know, it's still, still a fantastic result for me if I came 10th. So right. all I could do was concentrate on playing as well as I could. And if I made the right decisions and the cards fell my way, then I'd make the top nine and hopefully go further. Fair enough. Um, when you made the final table and you had the big break, did you do anything during that time to try to gain an edge did you hire a coach? Did you study videos of all the other players? What, if anything, did you do? Uh, I studied. I studied the the videos a lot, um, as I think all the players did. As far as I know, I imagine they did anyway. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Um, and like, I obviously thought about my own game and thought about situations that could crop up. I didn't get any formal coaching, but um, obviously spent spent some time. Um, you know, talking to my friends in poker as well. Um, and just just really, for me, I think that I felt the most important thing was getting in the best sort of mental frame of mind that I could. Um, 
to make sure I enjoyed the experience and therefore could play as well as I could and, uh, you know, give myself the best shot, you know. I think, and I think, although I ended up coming ninth, I, uh, I played pretty much as well as I could, you know, with with the hands and the situations that were dealt to me. So sure, I'm um, sure. pretty happy with, with the preparation I made. Well, good. I, I think you did your country proud, as was at least partially shown by your selection on uh, the UK's Nations Cup. And uh, mm-hmm. let's move over to that. I, you, d- you just recently finished up this large, this, not large, but this important international tournament of duplicate poker. Could you tell us about the experience and, uh, and what happened? Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, you know, firstly, it was a, a massive privilege to to be selected. Um, they, you know, uh, the, the rest of the team was made up of um, you know Jake Cody, Sam Trickett, uh, Liv Barry, JP Kelly, James Aikenhead, and uh, Barney Boatman. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. I think that's it. But um, so you know, firstly, to be selected amongst those players was you know a, a massive compliment and. Uh, Still not quite sure how I, I snuck in there, but uh, <laughs> that was a massive privilege. And, um, and yeah, it was a really interesting tournament. Um, it was the first of its kind, obviously. It was a big event. We played, you know, the first day in the London Eye in London, um, which um, hopefully most people know what it is, you know, like a big Ferris wheel type attraction. Um, and, you know, they rented out several pods and had a table in each. Um and yeah, it was, was it, it was moving while you played, or was it stationary? Yeah, it was moving. I mean, oh it my moved god, very... I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it, it moves very slowly though. Uh, we ended up doing three orbits, and you know, uh, so the the idea was um, there were teams of seven, but only six of you were playing at one time, so that a substitute could come in if. Uh, Everyone, anyone needed a bathroom break or anything, uh, <laughs> and uh, on the on the way down on our third third time, um, we had a set number of hands to play, um, seventy two hands, and everyone at the table was desperate to get through them so we could get off that time. Otherwise, we'd have to go around again. But uh, <laughs> Sam, um, let me just stop you for a second, uh, listeners. If you just tuned in, I'm talking to Sam Holden, who was the British contestant on the main event final nine of the World Series of Poker and also just finished playing in the Nations Cup, which was an international duplicate poker tournament organized at least in part by Tony Holden, who is uh, a guest on this show. Sam, tell us about the format of duplicate poker. What is it? For those who don't know, how does it work? Okay, so um, each team had uh, six players playing at one time, and they had one player playing on each table so for each group there were you know six tables and there'll be one player from each team on each table and then the interesting part is that the same deck of cards was dealt on each hand so they were completely random but uh effectively you know seat if seat one on the first table got dealt aces that would happen on the second third fourth fifth and sixth table and so on. Each seat on each table had the same hand. The hand and was random initially, but then it was replicated exactly at all the other tables. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, and obviously the flop, turn, and river were were all the same um, as well. Uh, and then a player from each team would have each hand. So there'd be you know a player from from the UK in seat one. 
uh, on one table, on seat two on another table, on seat three on another table, and so forth. Um, so the idea was you'd see who could play each hand uh, the best. So, you know, every, you know, a player on, 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 their, on each table would have the same hand, so you could see how the hand was played differently and, and which team could play the same hands the most profitably. Fascinating. And were the results all recorded and will this be shown on television at some point or can you talk about what happened now and let us know you know who won in interesting hands that occurred yeah as far as i know i can talk about it um i think it was recorded for tv but i'm not sure i'm not sure they've secured um a network or anything for it yet so they haven't told us to keep it a secret okay i'll talk about it (laughs) um Basically, the format was there were two groups of six, so there were 12 teams in total, and three teams would go through from each group to go to a final of six. And uh, sadly, the UK got eliminated in the first round. Um, There was only uh, 36 hands played in the the first round, um, which isn't a particularly big sample. (laughs) And then there were 72 hands played in the final. Um, it's interesting, actually, because going into it myself and I think lots of, of the players felt like, you know, it, it would be a pretty low-variance form of poker. But in actual fact, uh, there were certain situations which, in a way, made it higher variance than a normal tournament. For example, um, there was a hand, you know, that I played where I raised ace-king and the guy in the big blind decided to re-raise me. I re-raised again, and he went all in. I called with ace-king. He had king-queen. So we've got these hands in pre-flop. And uh, he ends up hitting a queen and winning the hand. And obviously, not only have I been unlucky in that hand, but I've been really unlucky because on other hand, on other tables where the same hands are dealt, it won't get all in pre-flop. So although the king-queen will always win that hand, he'll only win a few chips rather than the 100 big blind maximum, which we ended up getting in, which was, you know, the, the format was that you could only put in 100 big blinds in each each hand. So there was still pretty high variance um, situations, um, which I think, you know, would have leveled up out really nicely in a, in a nice, um, perhaps... Perhaps as low as you know, two hand, two hundred hand sample. Whereas you know, normally in poker you'd need a much bigger, bigger sample than that. Uh, but it be in the short time we played. Um, sadly, there was still a little variance, and we ended up getting knocked out. I'm speaking like that as if I'm making excuses, but no, really, no, no, I think no, no. So. What you're saying makes perfect sense because in duplicate poker you could be seriously punished, especially in a very short format like this, for somebody else overplaying their hand. You would be you played it correctly. He overplayed. He got hit his queen, and you're basically crippled because you don't have enough time to recoup anything going forward. Uh, yeah, a little bit like that. And 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 the main point being that on other hands, because the scoring system worked, that I was compared to other players playing in my seat. So where that hand wouldn't have got all in on different hands, you know, they would have lost less further, uh, a lot less chips in in that hand, right. but. Basically, you know, the the T the UK team, as I mentioned earlier, you know, was probably the strongest. Um, uh, sadly, we didn't get through. So, uh, who, who won Spain. the event? Uh, yeah, in 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 the end, Spain. Uh, sorry, sorry, Germany won. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Germany won, and um, yeah, they they ended up winning the final. Wow, the World Series of Poker main event and the Nations Cup in one year. Exactly, they can't that? stop winning. <laughs> How about that? Look, we, we're going to have to end this, but uh, I wanted to say, Sam, that I have enjoyed talking to you and following your career. You're only 22 years old. I'm expecting to see great things from you, and uh, I hope you'll be able to come back on when you win the main event in uh, in a couple of years. That would be fantastic. Thank you very much, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. That was Sam Holden, who was uh, – England's representative in the Nations Cup, one of England's representatives, and also their sole representative on the final table of the main event of the World Series of Poker. Uh, listeners, we'll be right break. Please stay tuned. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Do you hate to go to funerals? Tired of the awkward and depressing moments just standing around? Well, at Stiffy and Son Funeral Home, we want to remind you that the first three letters in funeral are F-U-N FUN! We have plenty of entertainment for the kids, including pinball and arcade games, an open bar, live DJ. Plus, we beefed up the old depressing methods of burial with what else? Hamburgers and hot dogs! Roast a complimentary dog over Uncle Billy's cremation fire. Make sure you bring your swimsuit Uncle Jerry's burial at sea in the area's largest wave pool! Or try one of our theme funerals, our most popular and special this week, Circus Send-Off. Complete with clowns and jugglers. Shoot Grandpa off to his final resting place in our giant cannon. Spend a tropical evening with our luau theme, including hula dancers, a roast pig, and lays for everyone. You can also try our brand new cryogenic ski package. Your loved one may be on ice, but make sure you bundle up as you hit the slopes. What a better way to say a final farewell. At Stiffy and Son Funeral Home, we try to make death the memory of a lifetime. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. I'm going to fold. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm still in. Cruz, how about you? Maybe I should fold. Well, let me see. Let me see first. No, not with a hand like that. Come on. Dare me. Go on. Bluff me. Come on. How much should I bet? If it were me, I bet everything. But that's me. I'm an aggressive gambler. Mr. Vegas. Come on. 
Go for it. Go for it. Yes, yes, there we go. I'm in. What do you got? Well, I got a full house. Three threes and two sixes. That's a full house. What have you got? Well, you have fours. I got an ace. You got an ace, got an eight, and a seven. Well, you lose, you see. If you would have had four fours, you would have won. <laughs> You're getting good I'm at this, aren't you? Hang on, you like it? Isn't this fun? Welcome back, listeners. It's Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. I'm joined now by Dave Weishattle, my producer, who has at least one question. At least one question, and that question is from Jack from New Jersey. And he wants to know, what is the proper etiquette rules for changing tables? Does it vary by casino? Do you just ask the floor, and how much is too often? If I change every two hours, will they get pissed? What is the rule with the chips if changing tables? Okay, very simple. Uh, The rule is you should always ask the floor person. The floor person is in charge of seating and changing tables. Always ask them to be on the list for a table change so that if a better table opens up, and we can devote another show to how do you know if it's a better table, uh, they will move you uh, in order of when you Is this even before starting to play? You put it on a different list and things like that? When they seat you, assuming it's a multi-table casino and you want to play the same game, uh, let's say, 2040 stud, uh, which I think Foxwoods may be the only place that has uh, more than one 2040 stud table. But what I do is I will put my name on the list. When they call me to a table, I say to the floor, uh, could you put me on a table change list? And they'll put me on a table change list. Usually there'll be a person or two ahead of me. I'll sit down. Then when they get to my name, when you know seats open up in the next game, uh, they'll say there's a seat for you in on table seven, and I'll have checked it out, and I will decide whether table seven is a better place for me to go than to stay where I am already. That's especially important when you have a lot of selection and you happen to be at a bad table. You don't want to, at the time you realize it's a bad table, put your name on a list to be at the bottom of a long list, which means you're going to have to stay at your table for a while. That's why you tell them. And then if you don't want to change, you just say, no, thanks, roll me to the bottom of the list again, and then other people will have the option of moving tables. Okay, how about your chips? The chips, chips. very simple. You just carry the chips from one table to the next. Um, You take care of them yourself. If there are a lot of chips and you can't hold all of the chip racks because there are so many chips, you should just consider yourself lucky and make two trips. Are there any rules about, you know, if, if your stack of chips, when you change tables, is bigger than the biggest stack of chips at the new table, will the the people say, hey, no, you can't come here? Or, Absolutely not. No. There's no... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Uh, what, I, I had a friend who was refused that. I mean, he had a big stack of chips, and the dealer even said... You know what? You can't play well, with that much. Okay. Well, there are tables that limit your buy-in. Okay. No limit tables that limit your buy-in to $200. So if you came from a no limit table and you had $700, I suppose they could say you cannot bring all 700 though the general rule of thumb is that if you're moving tables at the like stake, if you're going from one one-two table to another, you are allowed to bring your stack. But some places, and I'm not actually sure what the ruling would be. They may say, oh, no, no, sir, if you're starting out at our table, you have to start out with 300. But I, pl- I generally play limit poker, and at limit poker, there's no limit whatsoever on the size of your stack because the bet itself is limited, so they don't need to do that. Um, as far as the etiquette of how often you ask, uh, there's no 
reason to limit yourself on changing tables. The one time you might consider how often you're moving around is changing your chair. Uh, I ask to be reseated periodically, and I suppose that somebody might say, what's going on if you were to change your seat two or three times in a 20-minute span? But How do you go about doing that? Do you same have to way. Another you list? say to the okay. floor, um, I'd like to move a seat. In, in fact, you get a button from the dealer at most casinos. They'll have three different buttons, uh, one, two, and three. If you're the first person up, you get the first option. If you're two, option will go to the person with number one, and then you, they'll ask you. If he doesn't want to move, you can move. Um, and then after three buttons, you just they write your name down. As a bottom, bottom line, move as much as you want wherever you want. That concludes the show. Uh, come back next week. Join us for House of Cards. Until then, good luck to you all. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.